Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, the weekly survey of news in the Philadelphia Archdiocese. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with Matt Gambino, the editor of CatholicPhilly.com, and we're taking a look at this week's top stories. Photo, 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 selfie. And that was Pope Francis recently commenting on how a group of young people he met were too busy taking pictures of him to shake his hand. The Pope went on to say that while he understands the virtual world is the reality of young people, this decrease in human contact is serious. So here at Catholic Philly, we've called in an expert to weigh in on the problem. Father Thomas Daly joins us today. Father Daly holds the John Cardinal Foley Chair of Homiletics and Social Communications at St. Charles. Borromeo Seminary in Wynwood, Pennsylvania. And in his position, Father Daly oversees the seminarian's instruction in homiletics, and he also supports the work of the church in sharing the gospel through media, both traditional and new. Father Daly, welcome. Thank you very much. So great to have you here. Now, I've attended a few of your lectures, and you are (laughs) well-versed, very (laughs) well-versed in the social media behavior that the Pope is speaking about here. And so my first question would be, do you agree with Pope Francis that more and more people, especially youth, are locked into a kind of virtual self and that they're missing out on reality. Yes and no. Yes, they have become virtualized uh, by way of their their digital presence and their digital exercises, if you will. But the challenge here is in drawing a line between the virtualized self and the real self as if they were two different things. I think what we have to deal with more and more as generations uh, grow up in this digital world is that those two things are one and the same. So we're making a false distinction here in a sense. We're not making a false distinction. There is a distinction, particularly still in the world, which includes uh, those of us in the, let's let's call us a little bit older, who are not natives to the digital world. I see you looking at me. Uh, I'm, no, I'm looking at me. And the those who have grown up knowing nothing else. So there is a distinction, but the obstacle between the two or, or seeing the distinction as an obstacle is, I think, less and less a reality. Oh, Tom, I thought it was interesting that the Pope made this distinction because someone made a choice between snapping a selfie photo and shaking his hand. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if you can comment about this human connection sure, and use of technology, but this interpersonal relation where we encounter the other. Well, I think in this particular example, they're not talking about an interpersonal relationship. These are young kids who will see the Pope once, who will be in his presence once, and they want a memento of that. And so they're taking a picture because they want to tell all of their friends. And that picture will be shared virtually with billions of people. In the old days, you went and bought the picture that the Vatican photographer took. So the (laughs) phenomenon is the same, although the finances are a little bit different. But the broader reality that, that the Pope is rightly speaking about is if this is the only way that connections are made or friendships are conducted, then we definitely have an issue. Would they rather have a picture than shake his hand? Absolutely. Shaking his hand is going to take 
two seconds and the picture's going to last forever. In terms of the differences between this virtual self and the concrete real self, the one that wants to take the picture, maybe run it through a few filters on Instagram and then post it, and the one that's willing to touch ever so briefly the Pope's hand, what are the differences there? Well, there you touch upon where I think the issue comes in, the filtering of it. The virtual self, at least in terms of how most people refer to that concept, is the person, the self that I've concocted, that I've photoshopped, if you will, that I would like the world to see of me. Now, it's a natural thing, I think, to put your best picture as your Facebook profile or your most professional look on your LinkedIn page. That's just normal presentation. But if that's the only me that the world gets to see, it's not the real me. It's not the whole of me. It's just an image. So in a sense, virtualizing myself can very well have a bit of narcissism to it. And I think that's the danger. That's one of the major problems that we have to deal with, especially in educating young people who are, that's how they begin. They begin with projecting themselves into the world. So the ability to be real, who you are, warts and all, as we say, is one thing. The other is that, again, if the self that I present to the world by way of digital technology is not the same as the real me, then who are those other people actually getting to see and meet and interact with? It's not really me. Now, with that in mind, social media isn't going away. And we are called many popes, you know, not just Francis, but Benedict and John Paul II said, this is a technology that we need to embrace. How does the church make this work? How do we reach into a world where people are photoshopping themselves and throwing Snapchat filters on themselves? Do we do that to the gospel? How do we present the gospel? How do we present ourselves in that kind of constructed environment? Well, again, and interestingly, the Pope himself came out with his message for World Mission Sunday the week after he told that story about the young kids. And they're pointed out that in terms of a mission, the digital world has literally opened up the whole world to us. You can reach out much farther, much faster. At the same time, that ultimately has to lead to the sort of personal face-to-face or real encounters. So in terms of the church's approach to evangelization, by way of social media, I think we have to present the gospel message by way of the modern means of communicating, which is social media. Hopefully, that will lead to the more personal sharing of the faith, either between persons or in church or organizations of some sort in a parish setting. But this is flipping the way we conceive of church. The church is not a place that people come to first, but it's a reaching out of the church to people people where they are, hopefully, and with the ultimate goal of getting them also to come to the church. Interesting. But here's the trick. You have a lot of people that say, well, I get my faith online from Facebook. I read some inspirational quotes, a few gospel verses, watch a few YouTube videos. I'm good. I don't need to go to mass. How do you get people to move from that in a very specific way? Because, for example, and I know I do this for my own parish. We go online. In fact, I went to one of your seminars, two of them, actually, on using social media to communicate at a parish level. Mm -hmm. So many times we'll get likes, we'll get retweets, and no one else is coming to church. What do we do in that message? How do you move people from just saying, I like that? 
I retweeted that from the computer screen to the pew. Mm-hmm. How do we do it? Well, I think there the personal touch is going to be critical. If I'm recognizing the person, not just the like counter, but the person who's doing the liking, can I reach out to them in another way? Can I reach out to them in a personal way? Can I engage someone else in their network to reach out to them in a personal way? At some point, it's only going to work through that personal approach. At the same time, I still have to continue to reach out via technology. We communicate the word of God. I mean, we communicate the word of God through a Bible, you know, in the printing press. And that put the Bible in the hands of all kinds of folks. Did that automatically get them to worship? No, not necessarily. So we have to make the liturgical experience something that they're going to either be curious about at first to come and see, or really to be so animating that they're going to realize that they can only have that experience live and in person and not just through a Facebook page. I've often thought that if we want to welcome people back to church, we'd better have the house in order before we do so. Absolutely. It really does come back down Mm -hmm. to a personal encounter. And often it's the people in the church that make the difference. How welcoming are they? How inviting are they into the mystery of the liturgy? Sure. That's very much a key element because in a sense, that's the phenomenon behind the social media, liking and sharing. There's a sense of welcoming there. It's obviously not the same thing, but as the viewer, my freedom to see this and be moved by it and share it, how do I translate that into sharing the liturgy with or sharing a welcoming place with or getting folks to like the real experience? That's going to be everyone's job. And this, I think, is another outgrowth of the social media thing, because social networks are a whole lot of people connected with a whole lot of people. Whereas the church vision has been the pastor and the priests in the church are the ones who are, quote unquote, doing church, and they're the ones responsible for it. I think this spreads the evangelizing responsibility very broadly, as it should. It's an interesting point that perhaps this contemporary media that's controversial is actually pushing the church toward where it really needs to be. I think it most definitely is. And I think there's a risk in that because now that Mm. anybody can pronounce anything on social media, who knows what's true and fake. And this is another reason why the church has to be involved in social media so that the authentic message is recognizable. But to get back to your point, the idea that more and more people, especially those with the kind of technological and media expertise, that's where the church is going to reach out to the world. That's where the church is going to turn around people's lives, no doubt about it. Indeed. Now, one other question to play a bit of devil's advocate here, and we've all seen this with Facebook, is that the way many of the algorithms are constructed, you tend to see content that you're already predisposed to want to see. Mm -hmm. So one study that I was reading said that people who are online on Facebook looking for religious content themselves are already religious and there's a confirmation bias that's happening. They're seeing it because they keep clicking on it. How do we reach people who have no interest and who are even hostile? How do parishes at a very granular level, a parish, how do you reach out to people in your community who would never think to set foot in your church, but who are online? Well, that's definitely a challenge. There's no doubt about it. But that's a challenge offline as well. It's very difficult for me to preach a homily to people who have no interest in listening to it. And I'll stop my comments there because one could never mind. Um, (laughs) But how, how do we reach out to those who are not already part of the network? 
is the question. Exactly. Well, just as with anything else, somebody in the network is going to have to have some sort of connection with those others outside of the network. And all we can do from the, let's call it the preacher side or the proclaimer side, is to continue to proclaim the message as far and as wide as possible through whatever means we can. We can't, in a sense, control who gets the message or who hears the message, but we can nudge as best we can. And, you know, this is also where in terms of the technology and the abilities to do what we don't even know we can do yet. Those who know how to reach out to those various groups or how to, how to get airtime in a certain way or how to break into it, break in in a good sense to a different community or a different group. That's where we, we have to get the expertise from. You're really talking about planting seeds here, it yes. sounds. And that's our, our role is to try to plant those seeds in every way and every hilltop and valley that we can. Absolutely. And the beauty of social media nowadays is if you plant that seed in one and unexpected place or with one person that you hadn't before, now through that person, you can connect with a lot of other fields. There's a multiplicative effect there. Absolutely. Right. And that's that's the great potential that social media has for the evangelizing work of the church. Fantastic. Father mm -hmm. Thomas Daly, thank you so much. You're quite welcome. My pleasure. Thank Come back you. soon, Father Thomas. I'd be happy to. Anytime. And for our Philadelphia area listeners, today's keyword is Game Masters. To claim your two free tickets to the Game Masters exhibition at the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia, type Game Masters in an email to editor at catholicphilly.com. Be sure to include your contact information. And for more on these and other stories in local, national, and world news, as well as features on sports and culture, visit us online at catholicphilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of catholicphilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian, and until next time, may God bless and keep you. This podcast has been a production of catholicphilly.com, music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at catholicphilly.com. Funding for CatholicPhilly.com comes from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia and from readers and listeners like you. Support excellence in Catholic journalism. Visit CatholicPhilly.com and click on Make a Donation.